Hello, everybody. My name's Tim Perko, and you're listening to I Believe. Now what? Hey, everybody. Hope everything's going good for y'all in y'all's neck of the woods. Welcome back to another episode of I Believe Now What? And if you are current with the show, you should know that this is our first episode where we've uploaded, you know, back to back, kind of, you know, in the two weeks in a row for a while. And honestly, we had that whole break where I was only doing one episode a month because of the coronavirus and my work was just so unpredictable. If you didn't know I'm in the military and military is already a super unpredictable job to be in. And then the coronavirus just made it that much worse. But I'm sure y'all don't want to hear about the coronavirus and my work problems. Let's go ahead and get into the message. Now, the background on this message was this was actually a message I was supposed to preach at a church last week. But sadly, that church, and I'm not going to name them just so they can, you know, I don't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable, but that church did have a small outbreak of coronavirus amongst a few of the members. Don't worry, I've already been tested. I am negative, so I'm good to go. Thank you very much. But uh, keep that church and those people specifically in prayer. Um, it was enough to shut down that that poor little church and, uh, you know, just keep them in prayer, please. Um, pray for their health and uh, the people that are involved, the people who have the virus, the families and everything, please keep them in prayer. But anyways, on to the message. The message that I was going to give them was going to be on responding to sin. And I really felt convicted to push this message out there, especially after the last sermon that I gave, if you heard the last episode, where I was talking about pretty much what, you know, what makes a true believer or what real faith is. What real faith is is kind of what I titled the sermon. I don't normally title these sermons or anything like that, but if I had to put one on it, it would be real faith. So I thought a good one to do after that was responding to sin. So now that you've examined yourself and you've checked yourself out, you know, on your faith, whether no matter where you're at, let's talk about how we respond to sin, because that's an important part of the Christian walk. And the base passage that I'm going to use for this, in, and I want you to keep in mind as we go over this topic is going to be Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. Let's go ahead and read it. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? May it never be. How shall we, how shall we who died in sin live in it? Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death so that Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father so that we too might walk in the newness of life. For if we have become united in him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection." Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died is free from sin. So what the Apostle Paul is doing here is he's having a made-up conversation right now. And this is in the book of Romans, as I said in the beginning. He's having a made-up conversation with a fictional character. And he is addressing a potential issue or question that someone may have had from his previous words at the end of Romans 5, where he said, where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. He did not want people to start assuming 
that we have a blank check to sin since we're saved by faith through grace. He did not want people to walk away thinking that if grace abounds over sin, then we should just keep on sinning so that way grace can show even more. And that was not what Paul was getting at. He wanted to make that very, very clear. And I think that's why he started talking about this specific topic on how we are dead to sin. Our sin was crucified on the cross with Jesus. Our old body, our old self, who we used to be, was crucified and buried with Christ. This was one of the main points that I was trying to get across in the sermon that I did last week, and that's the episode uh, previous to this one, if you were curious. I was really trying to get that point and drive it home. And in that, I I really do encourage you, though, the the words of our base passage here make, make this very clear. And I really encourage you to highlight that in your Bible, go back to it again and again and again, and keep studying that and learn that, you know, that our old self died with Christ on the cross, and we have been made new. Now, since we have a new spirit and have been made new in Jesus Christ, I really wish, uh, I wish this gave us the ability to never sin again, but sadly, obviously, that is not the case. The new spirit that we have been given is caged still inside this body of flesh. And Paul makes this very, very clear in Romans chapter 7, verses 14 through 25. Now, I know this is a really long passage, but I really, really think uh, we need to read this out loud. So that way we can gain a very good understanding of it. It reads like this, starting at verse 14. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am of flesh, sold into the bondage of sin. For what I am doing, I don't understand. For I am not practicing what I would like to do, but I am doing the very thing I hate. He's talking about sin here. He's not practicing what he wants to do, what his spirit wants to do because he's a new Christian. He's actually doing what he hates because that's what the flesh craves. Picking back up on verse 16. But if I do the very thing I do not want to do, I agree with the law, confessing that the law is good. So now... No longer am I the one doing it, but the sin that dwells in me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For the willing is persistent in me, it is present in me, but the doing of the good is not. For the good that I want, I do not do, but I practice the very evil that I do not want to do. But if I am doing the very thing I do not want, I am no longer the one doing it, but the sin that dwells in me. Now, I know that seems kind of like a confusing concept when you first read it, maybe depending on which translation you're using. But this, this, Paul is pretty much saying here, look, dude, the struggle is real. I get it. The struggle is real. We have been made a new creation in Christ. We have a new spirit. Our spirit just screams out for joy, for Jesus, for God in a worshiping manner. But yet our flesh is still bonded to the things of this world. And there's nothing good that dwells in it. So let's pick it back up on verse 21. And it starts reading off. It says, I find the principle that evil is present in me the one who wants to do good. For I joyfully concur with the law of God in the inner man, in my spirit, he's saying. But I see a different law in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin, 
which is in my members. It's in my body. It's in my flesh. Wretched man that I am. Who will set me free from the body of this death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, on the one hand, I myself with my mind am serving the law of God. But on the other hand, with my flesh, I am serving the law of sin. After this, so break from the verse, this is my words now. After this, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Paul pens one of the most beautiful chapters in all the Bible, which is in Romans chapter 8. You know, And that's my opinion. But if you have not done so, I really do highly encourage you to mark that chapter down and read that entire thing. Do it tonight. That is one of the most beautiful chapters in all the Bible. So... Back to our main topic, after reading all that stuff in those verses that we just read from Paul, reading all that, we know that as a Christian, we are done with sin. But sadly, sin is not done with us. And on this walk, we are going to make mistakes. But the important thing is, is how we react to those sins and mistakes. Allow me to give you a beautiful example as we turn to Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 through 17. Or as you were, Psalms chapter 51, verses 1 through 17. Then, as you're getting there in your Bible, or if you're driving your car, please don't get on your Bible. Just go ahead and listen to me and check it when you get home. <laughs> but allow me to set this up for you. All right, so this psalm was written by David after his affair with Bathsheba, who was also married, Bathsheba being, also married to a man named Uriah. Now, from this affair that David had with her, David impregnated this woman. Sometimes, uh, some scholars, you know, even argue that he may have raped her, depending on how you read the texts, seduced her, uh, however you want to read into it. I mean, the Bible's not super specific, but... Uh, some scholars debate about that. But regardless, a child was conceived from this affair. In an attempt to cover it up, he actually brought Uriah back from the battlefield so he can have Uriah sleep with his wife Bathsheba in order to cover up this pregnancy. You know, like, oh, well, you just go ahead and sleep with him so that way he'll think that's his baby. Well, Uriah, being the honorable man that he was, or at least the Bible makes him out to be, in my opinion, refused to sleep with his wife because his soldiers were out fighting in war. So David got, you know, I'm, I'm assuming he got pretty frustrated this, and in an attempt to even cover up this sin, he commits another sin by sending Uriah to the front lines in a place where he knew Uriah would be killed. In my opinion, that's straight murder. But oh, what a tangled web we weave when we try to deceive. So after this, David, a man after God's own heart, shows us in this psalm what the only appropriate response to our sin is. Once again, Psalms chapter 51 verses 1 through 17 read like this. Be gracious to me, O God. According to your loving kindness, according to the greatness of your compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only, I have sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So that you are justified when you speak and blameless when you judge. 
Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the innermost being, in, in our spirit, and in the hidden part you will make me no wisdom. Purify me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness, and let the bones which you have broken, O Lord, rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take away your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will be converted to you. Deliver me from the blood guiltiness, O God, O God of my salvation. Then my tongue will joyfully sing of your righteousness. O Lord, open up my lips that my mouth may declare your praise. For you do not delight in sacrifice, otherwise I would give it. You are not pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. It's a powerful, powerful passage on repentance and a response to sin. We see after reading this passage from the Old Testament, the same truths are still around today. When we sin, the Holy Spirit will place that sin heavy on our hearts and we will become broken by it. And in that brokenness, we will cry out to God for forgiveness and repent of those evil, vile, and disgusting ways that we were living. You know, I said it once before, but I'm going to keep saying it again. We as Christians are done with sin, but sin is not done with us. I wish I can claim that term, but sadly, I did not make that up. I pulled that from a pastor that I heard from Scotland, and I, it, it is seared into my brain because it is so true. We are not done with sin, but sin is not done with us. Fight that good fight. Stay in the word, stay in prayer, even go as far as a period of fasting so that you may rely on God and not the things around you. Just as the old hymn says, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin has left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. Please don't make fun of my saining voice. God did not bless me with a great saining voice, but I just thought that hymn was super appropriate for this message. You see, the appropriate response to sin is brokenness. David even says it right there at the end of verse 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. We come to God utterly broken, utterly repentant, ready to change our mind, go in a different direction, and we want nothing to do with that sin. That's where grace, mercy, and all the amazingness of God just come through. Hey, I know this was kind of a shorter message, but I really wanted to get this one out here. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any comments, uh, anything, you know, go ahead. Go to I Believe Now What on Facebook, uh, Twitter. Um, still not making very much progress with the old YouTube that I 
tried starting. I'm just not a very good on-camera personality, I guess. But uh, I will say that, uh, you know, I, I appreciate all the support and the listens and everything. So thank you very much. And, you know, just spread this message out. If I, if I haven't said it before, I'm not trying to sound like a martyr or something like that. But I, I don't do this for money. Actually, I make zero dollars for this. I don't put any ads on my podcast and anything like that. I just want this messages, these messages to get out there for people to learn, people to grow, and just honestly further the kingdom of God. That, that's, that's what my heart's desire is. And if God can use this podcast in any way to do that, then, I, you know, God, please do it. Let's go ahead and close in prayer. <sighs> Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for everything that you do in our lives, Lord. Thank you so much for this message, Lord, that you've given me. I pray that this message goes out there and just reaches somebody, Lord. And I pray that, you know, for this virus and that church that I was preaching at, Lord, I pray that you just heal those people, Lord, all within your will. Thank you so much for everything that you do, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, your will alone. Amen.